0: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
1: Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis
0: Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. Welcome in to the Thursday, November the 15th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here, as always, to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's Inventory Day. We're taking stock of the entire Dolphins roster as it pertains to the 2019 season. Plus, we'll discuss some fairytale veteran quarterback options and what it would take to acquire them. And lastly, the moments that most challenge your fandom this century. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at WinkfulNFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com and the Dolphins inventory article up on LockedOnDolphins.com currently where you can find all of my work as well as at fanragsports third and 10com and a feature or two on the Palm Beach Post. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of all your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and get this podcast started. That's and just real quick before we get started, the Dolphins made a couple of roster moves earlier in the week, one being on Wednesday, and that of course is the wide receiver Bryce Butler, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, has signed with Miami and in order to make room for his spot on the roster. The Dolphins cut defensive end Cameron Malvo. so Butler in, Malvo is out, and that really is the only news we have on the Dolphins roster and makeup as the players got the entire week off And frankly, a well-deserved week off with all the injuries and things going on around this football team. Like Adam Gaze mentioned, having their first bye week in two years now. And since it is the bye week and we don't have a game to preview or really anything else to talk about, with news being kind of at a standstill with the Miami Dolphins off, I decided to go over the entire roster and kind of take inventory of where these players are and categorize them amongst seven groups. And those seven groups are this: the blue chip cornerstones, the guys that you really want to set your example within the organization, the guys that you figure will make multiple Pro Bowls, and those guys probably are a little bit younger with more room to grow and build upon them, and Then the established veterans like the Cam Wakes of the world, the guys that don't have a long future with you but have earned their weight on the roster, the core foundation pieces. These are the guys that have a chance to get themselves up into that blue chip cornerstone category. They are productive, they are young, and perhaps have their best football ahead of them but just not quite at that elite level yet. The next group, unknown due to medical, guys that we can't really make an evaluation on because of their medical history or current injury situation, the role players, the guys that provide value, valuable depth, special teams players, guys at the bottom of the roster that have to ward off challengers every summer, but usually do a good job of winning those jobs on the back end of the roster. The greenies, the guys that are too early to make a decision on one way or the other. It's a list mostly full of rookies and second year players. And then the last group you don't want to be a part of, the guys that are not in the future plans. The clock is ticking. And unless something drastic occurs in 2018, those guys will be gone in 2019. So let's start at the top of that list with the blue chip cornerstones. And I have three guys on this list, three guys that I believe will get contract extensions. They are all on rookie deals. And I hope, I think they'll be here long-term. Up first, Dolphins left tackle, Laramie Tunzel. We all know the story there. He has elevated his game in 2018 to become a dominant left tackle, both against the run and the pass. He'll have a fifth year option in 2020 and then probably gets a contract extension for 2021 and a very, very lucrative deal. Next up, Xavier Howard, the lockdown outside corner. He is in year three right now, as well as Tunzel is. But he doesn't have that fifth-year option, so he could get a contract extension as soon as this offseason, and I think Miami would be wise to do that. And then the third guy in that list is a rookie, which is so fantastic to be able to say. Minka Fitzpatrick has been everything you could want and more. His ability to cover in man or in zone when he has to recognize route combinations, his preparation for the game, just what he means to this team, this defense, and the future of this team really resonates well with the rest of the team. And he can set an example for the younger guys that come in after him. I think Fitzpatrick definitely has earned his spot among the blue chip type of players, guys that you expect to be in the Pro Bowl time and time again as the years go on. The next category, the established veterans. I already mentioned Cameron Wake in this group, and this is a group that you really could put in the cornerstones, but I wanted to make that more about the younger guys. So Cam Wake finds his way into this group. He's a free agent after the year. He's 36, but he can still give you good pass rushing reps, and if he wants to come back for another you know, middling salary For a good pass rusher in that 8 to million range, you have to consider it because beyond him, there is no depth on this team as pass rusher goes outside of this next guy, Robert Quinn, who will be a tough decision this offseason as well as he is due nearly $12 million and then he is a free agent after that. He is just 28, so I guess there is still some upside, some meat on the bone. And while he has had a good impact on the team this year, the production from a sack standpoint and his ability to affect the passing game has not been as high as we would have liked. So he'll be a very interesting decision. One that I am not sure what's going to happen this coming offseason. Up next, Rashad Jones. Again, another guy that could be up in that ca- in that cornerstone category. But the concerns over his you know durability every single year, the large contract, the fact that he was just benched for freelancing in the defense and quitting on the team or whatever you want to call that situation. All of those are concerns. The Dolphins' Cannot cut him, but if they could find a trade partner, I would think they would have to explore that mainly because of the durability issues. He has a shoulder injury that has really come up three years in a row now, and that's starting to get scary. Up next, Frank Gore. Never thought he'd be on this list, but He has earned the right to at least consider another contract with the Miami Dolphins coming back in 2019. He is the only player to rush for 500 yards in 14 seasons across an NFL career. He is absolutely a marvel, and if he wants the farewell tour to extend another year, I'd be all for it. Up next, Danny Amendola. The biggest medical risk on the team is the one guy that survived the receiving group injuries we've had all season long. He's under contract for next year, but I think that'll probably be his final year in Miami. Kiko Alonso is the last one of this group, and he's one of the more difficult players to place because personally, I would probably put him in the not in the future plans category, but because of their... Overall love of Kiko Alonso and the contract that Mike Tannenbaum gave him. He might have a job here in 2019, but luckily for the Dolphins, if they want to get out of that bad contract, they can do so after the season. So six guys on that list, three in the cornerstone category. That gives us nine, which means we have about 50 to go over here. And next we'll talk about the core foundation pieces. Probably one of the most important aspects of any football team. We'll do that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Winkle NFL at Locked On Fins. Thursday on the bi-week edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast here. We're taking inventory of the Miami Dolphins roster as it pertains to the 2019 season. As we approach the final month and a half of the season, and the Dolphins are still alive, they have a chance to make a push Towards the playoffs, I think a lot of that, as we all would agree, hinges on the quarterback performance and the quarterback availability as regards to Ryan Tannehill, or maybe even David Fales. I still don't think Gaze will make that change. I hope he does if we are left with those two to decide between, but I still think it'll be Brock Osweiler. And so with that, I think the season might be coming to an end if he is the guy in charge the rest of the way. So with that, we're talking about the future as we are wont to do as Miami Dolphins fans over the last couple of years, couple of decades even with this team. So we're going to continue on talking about the inventory of this roster, the core foundation pieces of the roster. And these are the guys that... You really want to funnel a bunch of players into this area, guys that can elevate their game within your program and hopefully become that cornerstone piece like we talked about with Larry Meunzel, Xavier Howard, and Minka Fitzpatrick. We've already listed nine players. We have nine guys in this group, and that is encouraging in its own self because nine guys in this group means you have a chance for at least a few of them to elevate their game and take that next big step. A range of age, ages here for these guys, and we'll start with Kenny Stills, who I was pretty surprised to see is only 28 years old, very young for how long he's been in the league, and the shaky quarterback play has really derailed his production, but he's only due 8 and $7 million over the next two years. I think that's a good, a good bargain on Kenny Stills and I think he'll play that contract out for Miami. Albert Wilson, we all saw what he could do. I think if he played the entire season and continued on that path, he would be in that cornerstone group as one of the league's elite playmakers at wide receivers. Jawan James, the right tackle. The reason he is in this category and not in that cornerstone piece is because of injuries and very lengthy slumps that show really poor play from him off that right edge. It's going to be a tricky situation for him this coming spring with free agency ahead and the last six games and a little bit of a health scare there. Once again, we'll see what happens with James. But for now, he is in the core foundation piece, mainly because It's tough to find offensive linemen, and this group is so depleted along the offensive line. I think he probably will be a priority this offseason. I guess we'll see. It'll be interesting. Up next, Kenyon Drake, and I think this is a great one to generate discussion because a lot of folks don't think that his upside is what it is compared to what Adam Gase has shown us in regards to getting him touches. When he was the bell cow in 2017, he was electric, one of the game's best backs. I still believe he has that ability within him, and I want to see it grow and more of that in his game, and his arsenal, both in the passing and running game. I think if he gets another chance, he can be that guy again. So he finds himself in this group. And the next guy, similar story, Jakeem Grant. He has outstanding value as a kick returner, but he also has expanded that as a receiver going into this year, late last year as well. But he got hurt again, so that'll be on hold for another season. But I think that going into 2019, he should be considered a key cog in your offense as far as getting him touches every single week. Devon Godshaw is a core foundation piece, a two-down run stuffing defensive tackle that holds up against double teams very well. We know he is a long-term part of this team. Vincent Taylor, he has shown ability to be a three-down player. He even blocks field goals every now and then. The pass rush is coming along. He was dominant as a run defender. He has a great chance. I think if he would have finished this season... He might have had a chance to climb into the cornerstone section of this group. Jerome Baker, the linebacker. Speed is the name of the game for linebackers in the NFL, and he has that trait in spades. He's savvy. He understands leverage and gap integrity, and I'm excited to see what the rookie can grow from here. And then lastly, Bobby McCain rounds out the group. He wasn't great as a perimeter corner, but he still is as a slot corner. He's in the first year of a four-year deal. He's a captain and a leader of this defense, so he'll be here for the long haul. We've gone over 18 players now, which means we have plenty more to get to. So let's kind of go rapid fire here unknown due to medical Ryan Tannehill and Josh Sitton I think those are pretty self-explanatory don't really have to go much further into that Josh Sitton has one more year on his contract he could come back again because of the dearth of offensive line play in the NFL and Tannehill we'll see if he plays this year if he doesn't I think that'll be it for him in Miami and then the role player slash special teams let's go through this list here quickly Nick O'Leary AJ Derby the two tight ends I think O'Leary came in and took over Marquise Gray's role he has a future on this roster as a complimentary tight end Derby probably more of a replacement type of guy. We'll see if he has a future depending on what the Dolphins do this offseason at the tight end position as well as Mike Gusecki's growth. Jonathan Woodard, kind of like Derek Shelby and Terrence Faday before him, he is a capable rotation guy at defensive end. Chase Allen, a backup inside linebacker and ace special teamer, he showed some value between the B-gaps as a run defender, as well as playing that nosebacker role in some different packages for the defense. Stephon Anthony, I'm much closer to putting him, I think, on the other part of the not expected back in 2019 list, but because they gave a fifth round draft pick for him and he's played on special teams this year, I think he might have a chance to get back into that role. He'll have to beat out Mike Holdo, though, who comes in next on the list as he is a guy who has demonstrated also special teams value. Walt Aikens, the special teams captain, taking over for Michael Thomas, who left for the Giants this offseason. He is here in 2019 on a cheap contract, so he'll be back. And then the two running backs, Brandon Bolden and Sonoris Perry, probably going to have to battle it out for that running back special team spot on the roster next season, with Kalen Balazs emerging probably as a more prominent factor on the roster. I assume just one of those guys will be here for the long haul, but they both figure themselves onto the list right here. And that brings us into the greenies, the guys that we don't have a complete evaluation on just yet. And it starts with Jesse Davis, who I'm surprised that he found himself on this part of the list. I just think that the regression this year has been considerable, but he still has the size and athleticism to excel. He can beat lesser guys, but he gets beat by the really good players far too often. And I know that happens across the league, but he needs to do better against better competition. Charles Harris, the injury cost him five games, and that was a really big prohibitive factor in the Dolphins' season this year, especially at a position group they have to evaluate for the future. It'll be interesting to see what they do at defensive end this coming spring and summer. Rayquan McMillan, look, he's only played 10 games, and there have been flashes of pretty good quality, two-down backer type of play, but the consistency has been an issue. But given his studious habits and work ethic, I think that he'll develop into a decent player for us at middle linebacker. Jake Brendel had his best game of his career on Sunday against the Packers. He probably earned the left guard job for the rest of the season, so he gets a six-game evaluation there Kalen Balaj only recently active on game day I think he has a bright future here with the Dolphins Mike Kaseki same case he has been really a struggle as an inline blocker and because of that I think he's kind of been held back As a downfield playmaker, where he really is supposed to make his money, should see more of him in 2019. Durham Smythe hasn't barely played at all. Same story for Cornell Armstrong. Torrey McTyre's had a rough start 2018, but giving up on a second year UDFA, probably not the best practice. I would assume he sticks around and has a chance to make the roster next year. Cordray Tankersley, the torn ACL certainly puts him in a bind. We'll see what happens with him in 2019, but he could go the way of Tony Lippett, but it's too early to tell on him as well. And lastly, Luke Falk. Who knows? He's on injured reserve, a sixth-round rookie quarterback. We won't know about Luke Falk for at least another year. Okay, we have 18 players left to get to, and if you haven't heard their name yet, that means they are not in the plans for 2019. We'll reveal that list, as well as discuss the potential quarterback options in 2019 and discuss the moments that challenged your fanhood most this century as a Dolphins fan. We'll do all that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at lockdown Fins. playing Grim Reaper in this segment on the Locked On Dolphins podcast for Thursday, November the 15th. We're talking about the Dolphins inventory and we've got to the part of the podcast now where it's time to discuss guys that I don't believe will be in the future plans for the Miami Dolphins. And Real quick, we'll get to the key names here and then fly through the back end of it. Devontae Parker, the first one up. I think the injury on Sunday solidified his future not being in Miami. It's just not going to work. No fifth-year option. He gets hurt every other game, it seems. I think he is done as a Dolphin. William Hayes has been terrific when healthy, but he's played nine games in two seasons. I don't think they'll rely on him to come back and give you a significant reps in 2019 Dan Kilgore coming off the triceps injury on the wrong side of 30 and frankly didn't play that well when he was healthy I think he has a uphill climb to come back as the starting center in 2019 TJ McDonald one of the worst contracts I think this team has ever given out sight unseen gave him a bunch of money he has not lived up to it at all I think he is a surefire bet to be replaced Marquise Gray, I loved what he was when he was healthy, but getting hurt and having Nick O'Leary kind of emerge really makes his spot on the roster expendable. Leonte Carew, he found his way back onto the practice squad, got some reps on Sunday, but it's a little bit too late for him, I think. So I think he goes out. Brock Osweiler, enough said. David Fails. I just don't think he's going to make the change to go to David Fales over Brock Osweiler, and that is an indictment on Fails himself. So I think his future as a Dolphin is very much in jeopardy. Isaac Asiata finally got caught. Called up last week, but he has been passed over by a lot of bad linemen. I think it's safe to assume that his technique never rounded into form as a pro. And then some names you probably expected, Wesley Johnson, Ted Larson, Zach Stirrup, Travis Swanson, four offensive linemen that frankly were brought here to kind of be band-aids in case of emergency. And we had that emergency. All four of those guys have played this year. It's crazy. All four of them have not been good. So I assume that all of them will go out the window. Sam Young as a swing tackle, not a viable option because you have to play both tackle spots. Sam Young, a decent right tackle, but at left tackle, he cost the Dolphins a game. I think that they'll try to replace him in the offseason. Andre the contract was terrible and the Dolphins can finally get out of it after this season Akeem Spence has made few splash plays but they have been few and far between his aggressive one gap penetrating style has really left the Dolphins defense in a bind too often in 2018 Ziggy Hood and Sylvester Williams both brought in to really mitigate some of the injury problems. I don't think they'll be here beyond this season. So that's your list right there. You can find the entire list up on LockedOnDolphins.com. I wrote out more detailed descriptions on where I think those guys will be, plus their contract situations. And let's go ahead and change gears to another topic pertaining to the future around this Dolphins football team. And this segment was inspired by a tweet I came across, which led to a Twitter search that brought back a lot of disgruntled Lions fans. And we'll get to Matt Stafford here in a second, but I have four quarterbacks here that I've seen linked to different teams And the one they're currently playing for. And please, please, please understand this disclaimer. I don't think the last two are going anywhere. But for the sake of discussion and for the sake of a bi-week podcast, we'll cover them. But first, the two quarterbacks that I fully believe will play for somebody else in 2019. You guys all know about Teddy Bridgewater and his connection to the Dolphins. He likely figures to have a pretty good market this offseason. And I expect the Dolphins will be in on Teddy Bridgewater. Derek Carr has really, really regressed. I never thought he was a special player to begin with, but what he is this year, I just imagine that John Gruden rebuilding that entire program will probably start over, hit the reset button, and move on from Derek Carr. So I think both those guys will be available two guys that are not going to be available, but I have seen their name, and I already mentioned the one at the top of the segment here. Matt Stafford. I saw Lions fans wanting to trade Matt Stafford, who is one of the 10-12 best quarterbacks in the NFL. It's crazy how good people have it and don't realize they have it at the position. I'd love to see them go on from Stafford and see the replacement beyond him because Stafford is still a very, very good player. Exceptional arm talent. He's bright above between the ears. Just gets the job done and really helps mitigate bad offensive line play because he has such a good release and gets rid of the football very quickly and then last and even least likely of an option Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks I think each of these last two guys would take multiple first round draft picks and I would give it because a quarterback gives you a chance in this league and I would love to see Adam Gaze work with a premier type of quarterback Russell Wilson's one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL and the reason he has been rumored to become available is that the Seahawks might not want to pay him, I think they are crazy if they don't want to do that, come to Miami Russ, we'll give you 35000000 million, we'll give the Seahawks all the draft picks they want and we'll have a playoff team for the next several years because of Russell Wilson so just to reiterate I think that Ryan Tannehill returning and playing well would put him back in the driver's seat for the job but I just don't trust that he comes back and plays so we're going to have these discussions all offseason long but we will table them for the rest of the year until we are out of playoff contention after the bye week as things crank up again and real quick before we get out of here I put a question on Twitter not that long ago asking you guys Which moments really tested your faith in the franchise as a Dolphins fan? Because for me, in 2015, when they brought back Joe Philbin, I was really out on that team at that point, just because I didn't believe anything Joe Philbin was trying to sell. He was a terrible coach. He only wanted Christian men in his locker room, which is crazy to me. And I just didn't believe in anything he preached as a kind of spineless type of coach for the Dolphins. You guys made some mentions on Twitter. A few of them here. Chris Spooner, at Spoonful of Sport. 1998 draft day trade with the Packers. Could have had Randy Moss instead of John Avery. He was only 10 years old, but even a 10-year-old could see what Randy Moss could become. So I found that one pretty interesting. A lot of you guys mentioned Nick Saban, Cam Cameron's 2007 season. All of those not really, you know, working out for the Miami Dolphins. Brett Yaris at Brett B K X. The year Ricky left in two thousand four, absolutely crushed me like I've never been crushed before. Same same story for me. I was a Ricky Williams fan to the tenth degree. I just loved that guy. Thought he was awesome, but he really broke my heart as a fifteen year old fan back in those days. Not signing Drew Brees. Not signing Drew Brees. Keeping Joe Philbin. That's from Rod Carrero at Rodney Carrero. He is displeased with Drew Brees and Joe Philbin. <laughs> Obviously, the one in fifteen season, the Sperano retention and whole heart- jig in 2011 that comes from Chris Payne at C Payne on a plane clever name but just this team what they've put us through over the years I don't really have my fandom tested that often this year has kind of been the case only because I think what really gets me is when they find themselves in that limbo territory where it's not really clear if they should rebuild or if they should chase a title they're kind of stuck in that middle lane and they've been that way for a long time but I've always been able to kind of find reasons for excitement beyond what the team was except for in 2015 and I think this year is kind of bordering on that type of situation once again, but I'm not going to quit on this team. I'm not going to quit on you guys. I'm not going to quit on the podcast. I love doing this. I love talking about this team. I love interacting with you guys on Twitter. So we fight on to live another day. And just as I pledge my loyalty to the podcast and to the following here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, we are taking tomorrow off, a Friday off. I just don't have a lot of topics for you guys, so we're going to take the day off and head into the week, getting ready for the Indianapolis Colts strong. So we'll see you guys on Monday. As for today's podcast, that is going to be my time. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that rating. Leave us that review. Check us out. On Twitter at Winkle NFL. You can follow the show at Lockdown Fans and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog over at lockdowndolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again on Monday for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.